You are listening to the Redemption Outreach Center's Rockcast. Today we join Pastor Richard Beasley with a message titled, Who Was, Who Is, and Is to Come. While the audio quality may not be the greatest, one thing is certain, the anointing was on this message. For that reason, we have decided to share, and we pray that this blesses you in the building of your faith. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. When you get to Revelation, a lot of people shy away from it because it is confusing. It really takes a lot of study and to understand it. And there's a, a lot of different interpretations of different things in Revelation prophecies. I don't want to go in that much detail in regards to that this morning, but I want to give you a little bit of an overview of what's happening in Revelation 1 through chapter 4 because by the time we get to Revelation 4 and 8 we're at a climax of what we want to talk about today. You see in Revelation 1, 1 through 8 John introduces himself as a servant of Jesus Christ and then he is writing to the seven churches in Roman province of Asia The book of Revelation is a letter, the last and the longest letter of the New Testament. Like the other letters, it was written to a particular situation, but also to us. This letter is Jesus Christ speaking to his church then and now. It is God's word to us. Like the rest of the word of God, Revelation tells us about God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ, his son. The Holy Spirit who inspires the writing of Scripture is with us to help us understand its meaning. In chapter 1 of Revelation 9 through 20, you get to John's vision of the glorious Christ. Can I just read a few things about what John penned down about our Christ? John has a vision of Jesus, and he says he's like a son of man. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This had been Daniel's vision as well. A human being fully represents the human race, appearing in clouds in great glory to be given God's power and authority authority to reign over all things, according to Daniel 7, 13. John's vision was far more detailed than that of Daniel's. The Son of Man has the same white hair as God, the Ancient of Days. His eyes ablaze with fire of holiness. His feet glow with the strength of the bronze. His voice was a multi-level sound of rushing water. And his mouth speaks truth with power and precision. This is Jesus Christ as the disciples glimpse of him in the Mount of Transfiguration in Mark 9, 2 and 3. But after you get through the first chapter, you get to the chapter 2 of Revelation through chapter 3 of Revelation. And this is what we call the letters to the seven churches. Each of the letters to the churches has the same shape. They start by recalling the description of the glorious Christ. Then Jesus speaks to each church individually, reviewing its situation and giving a command and a promise. I want you to know today that God knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows our church. He knows our congregation. He knows where you and I are right now and what we are going through. 
That's a side note. He describes himself in a way which has special meaning for each place. He gives an analysis, encouragement, and warnings in terms which will make sense to who, who lived there at that time. And then we get to chapter 4. Chapter 4, I would just sum up as this, worship in heaven. A vision of heaven. So at the beginning, let's recap. John talks about himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. Then he begins to describe Christ and how he sees him with white hair and flames of fire in his eyes and his, his feet that grow that glow like bronze. And then he talks about the seven churches and he gets specific to each church and tells them what they're doing good and what they're doing bad. But ain't you glad that he gives them a promise? As well. And, and then you turn the page to chapter 4, and all of a sudden the scene has completely changed. Now he sees a glimpse of heaven. And what in the world is going on in heaven? John sees a door standing open before him. He is invited to pass through this door, and he finds himself in the presence of God. Surrounded by the worship of heaven. God is at the center of that worship. And he is seated on his throne. John says his appearance is like the beauty, the sparkle, and the luster of jewels. He is encircled by a rainbow. Recalling the grace and the mercy to be extended to the world after Noah's flood. God's throne is surrounded by 24 other people. 12 for the 12 tribes of Israel and 12 for the apostles of Christ. Together they sum up the whole people of God. The elders who sit on the thrones, their white robe and a golden crown. And they share God's heavenly reign. For God's throne come from lightning. Out of God's throne was lightning and thunder. And there had been on Mount Sinai when God's people stood in the awesome presence and he gave Moses the law in Exodus 19. Much similar description was given then. There was lightning, there was thunder. There was a cloud. And before the throne there were seven lamps. They recalled the seven branch lampstand which stood first in the tabernacle and in the temple. The lamps represent the sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of uh, and, and fear of the Lord and delight in worshiping him according to Isaiah 11, 2-3. And before the throne... There was a sea of glass. Can you picture it now? Before the throne, there's a sea of glass. God is in the center of the heaven. And he is the center point of all the worship. There's lightning and there's thunder coming out of the throne of God that he's sitting on. There's all kinds of colors. It says there's sparkle of all kinds of jewels all around. There's a rainbow that surrounds the throne as it represents the grace and the mercy given to Noah's flood. 
the promise that was given. Then you have, as we have read, a voice of multi-level, of sound of rushing water coming out of the throne. All of that is amazing. All of that is spectacular. But what was going on? I'm glad you asked. Worship. There were seraphims, just like Isaiah in the year that King Uzziah died. He was high and he lifted up and his train filled the temple. And he said there were seraphims with six wings, the same six wings that these had. With two, they covered their eyes. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they did fly. And what were they doing? They were worshiping. They were praising God, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. to come. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. But in Revelation 4, it gives us more detail of what their worship sounded like. In fact, if you put verse number 8 of chapter 4 of Revelation and you add verse 11 to it, this is what John heard. Are you ready? We've already discussed what he's seen when he got there. This is what he heard. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things by your will. They were created and have their being. Meaning everything created was created by God. And everything created was worshiping God. Saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What does that mean to us? I want to just bring your attention to something and I'm about done with this message for now. But notice this. It says in our text, Revelation 4 and 8, and day and night they do not cease to say. Say what? What I just told you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and he is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, and dominion, and majesty. I'm adding to it that when you begin to worship God for who he is, you begin to understand why the glory of God fills the place. Do you know? You and I can produce glory for God without praises when we begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. We begin to smile holy on your God. God, you're almighty. God, you are good. God, you have delivered me. God, you have made a way where there was no God. You will make a way where there is. See, if 
don't need any games. I don't need any entertainment. I don't need any accolades from my peers. But what I need is for my heavenly Father to inhabit my praise, to inhabit my worship. I've got a particular smell in the nostrils of God. So do you. And how do we smell? Are we that sweet incense that offers up a sacrifice of praise when things are not going the way we think they should? Do we still stand and say, bless the name of the Lord God? God's going to have to touch my body in order for me to continue. But you need to understand, we need to understand that our little three songs and our poems and our little prayers is not what worship is. Worship is you and I that has been bought with the precious price of the blood of the only begotten Son of God. And our sins have been washed away that Oh yeah, 
sometimes, I'm just saying sometimes, we have to remind ourselves that we serve a God who was. What do you mean by that, preacher? I'm glad that you asked. We don't need to forget that the God who was, the God who delivered us from ourselves, the God who delivered us from our sins, the God who delivered us from our addictions, that's the same God that we worship today. We don't need to forget the God that was in our past and gave us a future. You ain't got nothing else to praise him for than praise him that he delivered your wretched soul. Don't forget the God of our past. Don't forget when you won't work nothing. If you wanted to take your life, then God said, He said, I'm the God that he is. Don't need to forget that in our darkest times, his grace and his mercy followed us and covered us and the blood of the sun washed us. We don't need to forget of the God who was. But not only that, number two, we don't need to forget, forget the God who is. Oh yeah, the God who is. What does that mean? Well, it's simple. Listen to the words. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is. What? It's simple. The God of the now. The God of the present. Maybe that don't mean much to you, but I know what I've got on my plate. I know what I'm about to face. I know what I've got going on, and you do too, whether you want to admit it or not. But it's comforting to me to understand uh, that at first I remember that God, the God that delivered me, is the same God that's with me right now. <laughs> David said it like this. Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed ever begging for any bread. I'm glad today that the God of my past that delivered me is the God that's walking alongside me right now. The God of the now, the God of the present. Lord, I'll be with you always, even until the end. He that has begun the good work in you shall continue it until the day of the Lord Jesus. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them from all of their troubles. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the Lord hears, and he cares, and he delivers them out of all of the troubles. I'm glad that he's the God that is. I praise him for what he did, but I praise him that he's alive 
Would you stand to you if you're with me this morning? I tried to do it. each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within and day and night they do not cease to say holy 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 is the Lord God almighty who was and is and who is to come our Lord and our God to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. I don't know what your song sounds like today but we all have a song. In fact, we have a song that the angels themselves cannot even sing. And that's the song of the redeemed. Have you been redeemed today? Did you know the God I'm talking of who was? Are you serving God today? Did you know of the God that I'm talking about the now? got to know that he's coming again. He says, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be there also. I'm glad today that I serve a God that covers everything. Covers everything in the past, the present, and the future. Therefore, I give him praise. Therefore, I give him a praise. Therefore, I give him praise. He knows my darkest things. And he loves me anyway. He knows all of my failures and shortcomings. But he loves me anyway. He knows that even now when I doubt and when I fear of where he is and what is he doing, he still loves me. And when I question, is he ever coming back, then he still loves me. Today, the challenge is this. Worship God who was, who is, and is to come. such to worship him in spirit and in truth. Father God, I give you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, God, for what you do. Touch your people today, and I give you the glory. I give you the glory. Hallelujah. Just begin to cry out to God where you're at right now. Out of your own words, your own Thanks for listening. For more Rockcast, please visit www.therock.com.
T-H-E-R-O-C-C-O-G.com. That's T-H-E-R-O-C-C-O-G.com. God bless.